Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. What's up, Dustin? Hey, Chad. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Got had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I hope everybody did. It's nice to. It was nice to kind of take a break and, and be with everybody, but family. But it's also nice to kind of get back into the swing of things again. So it's good to be on and and. Uh, I appreciate you setting up this week's episode. I, I'm aware of what you're going to share because I actually just listened to it. Um, you posted something on the TikTok. I'll, I'll let you introduce it. But I, I really like what you said and, and uh, excited to, to break it down with you today. Yeah, man, I was impressed by that book that I read over my break. Uh, it's a, called The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews. And I, I shared a thought from that. Maybe I'll just play that video real quick, Dustin, and then... And then we'll come out of that and and get your thoughts on it, if that's okay. Perfect. Fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. Those are the words of the character of Anne Frank in Andy Andrews' book, The Traveler's Gift. I just read it and finished it. It's awesome. You should pick it up and read it, too. In the book, the main character is magically transported into seven key points in history. At each location, he meets and learns important life lessons from historical figures such as Abraham Lincoln, Anne Frank, King Solomon, Harry Truman, and others. It is meeting with Anne Frank, the young Jewish girl who is in hiding from the Nazis. Her character said those words I quoted previously, and they hit me deep and have stuck with me ever since I read them. Here they are again. Fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. I will have a tomorrow. They call me a Pollyanna. They say I live in a dream world, that I do not face reality. That is not true. I know that the war is horrible. I understand that we are in terrible danger here. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. Wow, what a statement. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. That, my friends, is a powerful and hope-filled statement. To move forward, we must accept the reality of our situations. So you're in debt, or you are addicted, or you have a job that you hate, or you have not been treating your family as well as you should and have damaged relationships, or you're not trying hard enough to be successful in school and currently have bad grades, or you're not good enough to make your high school sports team, or you're not playing as much as you hoped you would. That is your reality. And there is something beautiful and calming about taking a deep breath and accepting the reality of our situations. But it is even more beautiful when we do not accept the finality of our situations. Accepting the reality of our situation allows us to come up with a plan instead of an excuse. Not accepting the finality of our situation gives us hope. And hope is the fuel of progression. So let's accept the reality of our situations by being completely honest with ourselves and weeding out the excuses we have told ourselves that enable us to comfortably remain where we are. 
Let's not accept the finality of our situations by learning what we need to learn, doing what we need to do, and making the hard decisions that sometimes we're fearful of making in order to get into a better situation, because fear is indeed a poor chisel with which to carve out our futures. You can do this. You do not need to remain where you are forever. You are not finished yet. So keep your eyes up and do the work. Well, Dustin, so there was my thoughts there. And I, man, that that whole book really impressed me. If anyone's looking for a motivational book and and uh, something that will really help them to, to make some goals in their life, it was really, really a moving book, a great book. But that statement, uh, from the character, it's not a direct quote from Anne Frank, but the character in the book, it just really, I guess two things from that, Dustin, that I would love to get your thoughts on. Fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. That really struck me because I think of how many things that I'm aware of in my life, in my own children's lives, and people that I love in their lives, that fear holds them back from taking steps in their life that would really bless and help their life that would really enhance their life. And so what are your thoughts on that? That first part of the quote, fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. Well, I think that, you know, it's, we get confused sometimes in, in what, you know, fear can be a motivator. Um, However, I think it's, and that, that, that's part to that point that if fear is the primary motivator, it's, it's a poor choice of tools. Um, you know, I, I do think that hope is a, is a stronger tool and living, living day to day in fear or, you know, pessimistic towards what's coming and what tomorrow's going to be versus, you know, trying to look forward to, you know, the positive that tomorrow could bring. Um, and then how to, how to make it positive is a much more sharp and efficient way to go about our day. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of our life and, and our, our decisions are based on the fear of, of making a mistake or the fear of doing the wrong thing. And, you know, living our life in fear constantly um, is, not, is not the most efficient or effective way to, to do it. So I really, you know, I like that, that analogy of the, you know, a poor chisel to, to use and carving your way through life. And, and I think it's important that we all kind of take a look at our lives in, in, in this podcast when we're talking, you know, primarily to people who have a, a interest in sports and probably have, have kids that they deal with either as coaches or parents in sports, you know, what's, what are we motivating and what tool are we using to motivate, you know, those kids to, to work hard or to, uh, you know, strive towards their goals. Is it the fear of, of uh, failure or is it the hope of success, you know? And, and uh, so, yeah, man, I love it. I thought that it was a terrific uh, take. I'm excited to, I've never heard of the book, but you know, hearing you talk about it, it's definitely one I want to get into. Yeah, it's awesome. In fact, I read it with my daughter and the irony is I'm reading it with my daughter who's now involved in student government at her college. And when she was going through the tryout process for this, ambassador position there she was afraid uh she was afraid to apply and we had a talk and i said what do you got to lose you know and she said ah, i just 
I'm afraid of being rejected, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I said, oh, man, you, you should never be afraid of that. You know, you're, you're making it 100%. There's a 100% chance that you're not going to have this opportunity if you don't try. And so she gave it a try and, and was selected as an ambassador. It's her favorite part of being in college right now. She just loves it so much. And she was reading this book with her ambassador team. And that's how I came upon it. But I I just wonder so many times about our youth and how many things they miss out on in sports or other extracurricular things or job opportunities or colleges, because they are so afraid of being rejected. And I remember saying something to my daughter when she was going through this process. I said, hey, until you're rejected consistently for something, you have not reached your full potential yet. Like if you have never been rejected, then you have not tried enough things because you should make it, you should get the most out of this life. So you just keep going, keep trying until someone tells you that you can't. But I think that there are so many kids not trying out for teams or not trying out for plays or or whatever it might be because of the fact that they're afraid of being rejected and that that holds them back. And, you know, Dustin, maybe you could speak to this because we've been friends for 20 plus years now. And I remember a time in your business life where, where you got some advice, where someone basically told you, hey, man, until you take the leap of faith, until you go out there and actually quit these other things and put everything into these other avenues that you're you're looking at you'll you'll never be successful at them and yeah. so you probably have some personal insight on on what it takes to take that leap and get that fear out of your life well i've had it in in athletics and i've had it in you know in business as well and i'm one of those that can speak from you know with with full confidence in that had i not had the experience in in probably trying to rise above the you know the ceiling of my potential and 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 then failing and, and realizing you know really hitting the ceiling and realizing okay this is this is as high as it's going to get but feeling like i got there like I, I i tapped out all that i had and and then it ultimately it's not enough but in the process of getting there there were a lot of failures and, and heartache but that i can speak for 100 percent confidence that it had it not been for that I wouldn't have made some of the decisions, including, you know, this, this decision to, to start, especially for athletes. And it was meeting with somebody who had been a very, is a very you know, successful uh, businessman who I was, he, he, he basically said to me, what are you doing? Like, what are you, why are you doing what you're doing? And at the time I was still in the sports field. I was still in that profession, but he had seen me do some other things and just said, why aren't you trying to, you know, why aren't you trying to build that? What, what are you doing with this? And and I, I mentioned to him all the reasons why I, I, I wanted to go and do the other. And yeah, no, I know, I appreciate that. I, I feel the same. I want to, I really do. That would be my dream. And he kept saying, well, why aren't you? And why aren't you? And basically he used the analogy of an onion with me. And he just said, you don't want it bad enough. You don't really want it. And I remember kind of being taken back by it because I didn't know him all that well. We were at lunch and I was, I was sort of like, what do you mean? You don't know how bad I want this. You know, you don't, you don't know what my, how, you know, how much I thought about 
what I want to do with my, my life or career. And but the way he sort of explained it to me is he said, as you peel back the onions, what are the reasons you haven't made the move yet? And well, the job that I had had at the time, I had, I had health insurance that was covered by the company that I worked for. I had a paycheck that came in every two weeks that I knew what it was going to be. You know, those were all very comfortable, um, you know, things I could count on that, that made my life less stressful. I had a, you know, I just had a couple uh, newborn or a couple young babies that we'd had and, you know, still citing that time of life when, you know, there's a lot, a lot of real important decisions make, being made. And, and he said, you're afraid of losing that. You're afraid of losing the salary and there's no guarantee if you do this other thing and you might not have the same sort of health insurance and you may not get the same amount of money every week or every month. Nothing's guaranteed. You're going to have to eat what you kill, so to speak. You got to be hunting every day. And that's, that, those are all valid reasons to not do it, but just admit it. And the more we peeled back the onions and kind of got to the core of it, it, it took me realizing that, you know, he's right. That's probably the reason why a lot of us don't make that jump is that as we really, really dig into the onion, there are all these layers of fear that we stop at. We don't want to dig any further because of it's comfortable being where we're at. We may not be totally content with it, but it's comfortable. Hmm. There isn't, there isn't as much risk and I know what I can get. And, and, and then I think that's in my own life, that just became a crutch. It became an excuse to say, yeah, I could have done this and that and this, or I, I could have reached this dream or that dream had it not been for, and then, you know, fill in the blank with all the excuses that we all come up with. And, you know, and, and I still haven't reached it. You know, I'm not where I ultimately would like to be, but to your point earlier, if you haven't been knocked down and told no, and, and been told, you know, you, you didn't make it enough, then you really haven't tried. Right. And so, right. because there's always more to attempt, there's always more to try to do. And, and, uh, and then you, you just figure out a different path. You you know, you, you pull your socks up and you put your gloves on and you get back to work a different direction. And, and if you end up not getting ultimately to where you want to, you know, wanted to get, the, the learning is in the process. You know, the learning is in the failing. It's not in the winning. I was just thinking about that today after I heard your, what you had put on social media, Shad, is that I, mean, I, I was actually just thinking about this weekend. I took my family for the first time. We all went to Disneyland. And I have five children that range from 18 to eight and a couple of them had never been and and uh we don't really get out all of us very often for very long it's just it's hectic and so we went away and it was just us and and i was thinking about all the different experiences and i realized you know how easy it is to forget the um the successful moments but how how much i remember the mistakes and what I mean by that is there were a couple times during the trip where I felt like, ah, maybe I was a little, I, I could have been better at handling that, you know, situation with my son, or I could have been a better, maybe I should have helped my wife more right there. I could have been a better dad. And there were all these positive moments that happened, all these wins along the way on this trip, tons of them. But I think during life, we, it's just kind of human nature to forget all the good and, and to focus on you know, on, on the mistakes and on the negative. And, and if we, if we can learn from those things, then, 
you know, and that's a positive experience, I guess, if, if you learn from it. You want to remember all the good things, but it's just human nature. You go through the day and you get 10 compliments, but one insult, which is the one that you remember, <laughs> yep. right? You remember the one insult. So, you know, I'm trying to look back on the week and say, okay, how do I soak up the good that happened and remember all the positive things? But how do I learn from the mistakes? Because if I don't learn from the mistakes, how do I make my family stronger, my relationship with my, my daughter or my son stronger? Then all it was was just a mistake that is just a regret the rest of my life. But if I can learn from it and be better next time, then that mistake actually was a learning opportunity to grow and be a better dad or, or, you know, husband or something in the future. And so, you know, I think the same thing can be said for, for sports or for business or whatever is that, you know, if we're not trying and we're going to put ourselves in positions that are easy and comfortable all the time, but we got to try and get out of our comfort zone a little bit. But in order to do that, we have to accept, like to your example of your daughter, we have to accept that we are going to come into rough times. There are going to be mistakes we're going to make as a husband or wife or a coach or a player or, you know, a dad or a business person or whatever. We are going to make big mistakes. And once we accept that and then say, okay, I'm ready, let's go. I, I know it's going to be rocky, but I'm willing to do it and work through it. Then we can dive in with both feet and really get after it. But until we're ready to do that, you know, we can say all we want, how bad we want something, but we're not really pulling back all the layers of the onion. And we, we've got to accept that failure is part of it, but that that's where the growth happens. And that's where the lessons are learned. They're not in the wins, they're in the losses. Yeah, for sure. And I, as you say that, I think of the the lesson Bob Cattell taught us a while back where he was trying to become an NFL kicker and, you know, he would he compared it to walking down a corridor, a hallway full of doors. Do you remember this? And you're trying to get to the door at the end. And every time you pass a door, it's like those doors are now open to you. You don't make it to the end, but as you turn around and look back by trying to make it to the end and by going until you fail, now you turn around and you've opened all these other doors that would not have been open to you if you just would have hung out at the beginning where it's comfortable and not make, take any risk or not be willing to put yourself out there and to, to look silly. If you fail, I know teenagers worry about that a lot. I'm not going to try out for the play because what if I don't get a part, then I'll look silly, you know, and for some that fear of looking silly in their mind, which really they don't look silly when they try and give their all at something and, and don't make it. But that fear of that keeps them from the joy of being the part of things. And, and so I love that lesson from Bob Cattell. So thanks, Dustin. That, great thoughts on that. The other part of this quote, and this is the one that really just impacted me. I mean, it's just like a sermon in itself. I could, I could read this over and over again, and it would be worth this podcast. But the, you know, Anne Frank, the, the young Jewish girl, hiding and trying to keep herself away from uh, the Nazi army that's looking for for all Jews in, in her area. And she says to the man in this in this book, she says, I will have a tomorrow. They call me a Pollyanna. They say I live in a dream world that I do not face reality. That is not true. I know that war is horrible. I understand that we are in a terrible danger here. And then this line, I do not deny the reality 
of our situation, but I deny the finality of it. And when I heard that quote, I thought, man, that's hope right there. Like that is hope, right? That you have to accept the reality of our situation sometimes as I went into on that clip that we played, you know, sometimes the reality is we're just not good enough to make a team. We're just not good enough to play. Sometimes the reality of a situation is we're overweight. The reality of a situation is we've let ourselves get into bad health or we've let ourselves get into debt or, you know, this could apply to anything. And until we're willing to accept the reality of our situation, like I'm in a tough situation right now. Like we have to accept that, analyze it. Like you said, peel back the onion, see what's going on, what's putting us in that situation, be brutally honest with ourselves. But there is something that just resonated with me in that last part. I deny the finality of it. And I would just, I would love to know what's on your mind as you hear that quote. I don't deny the reality, but I do deny the finality of my situation. Well, I, I, I love the the, resist, the resiliency and the grit that that last, you know, those last three or four, you know, words I point to that, you know, denying the finality of it, that I won't accept that this is, you know, it, that this is going to be how my life ends or is as good as it's going to get. And, you know, whether or not it, it is or it isn't, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to keep working, uh, believing that there's a better, you know, tomorrow or a better ending to this and then striving towards that. And we don't know what the ending is going to be. Nobody, we don't know for sure, but that, that determination that I know what it'll be if I accept it, right? Right. If I just accept that the finality is going to be this, and I just throw my hands up and throw the towel in and say, okay, I guess that's it. And, you know, tuck my towel between my legs and give up and just let life dictate, you know, my, uh, my decisions rather than making our dic- our decisions dictate our life. Um, and that's what I, you know, I love that. The understanding that the circumstances are what they are. And in most cases, we can bang our head against the wall all we want trying to change our circumstances or, or sorry, wish that our circumstances were different or, you know, pray for our circumstances to be different or say, why me? Or this isn't fair or blame our circumstances on other people. But where the better attitude isn't, it's, it's not to, you know, it's, it's not to pray for our circumstances to, to get better as much as it is probably to pray for the strength to make our circumstances better. You know, how do I make my circumstances better? Not, you know, can you or somebody else fix my circumstances for me? You know, mom, can you change my circumstances? I didn't make the team. Can Mm -hmm. you call my coach? Can you go meet with my teacher and get my grade up? Can you No. it's how do you change your circumstances? And what's that going to take? What characteristics do you need to learn or develop? What characteristics, characteristics do we already have that we're maybe not implementing as much as we, as we could, um, but I think the first step and, and to her point there is that I don't deny the reality of what I have. The circumstances are what they are and they're out of my control. I just am not going to concede to this is how it's going to be forever because tomorrow there are some decisions that I can make that might redirect, you know, what the outcome becomes. And to the degree that I can do that, 
and direct my life to a better finality or a better outcome, I'm going to do that with all I have or, you know, die trying to. And at least if you die trying to, you know, you, you died on the, on the block of resiliency and on toughness and grit and not of, you know, of, 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 uh, you know, of giving up and quitting and mediocrity. And I think that's really the goal of eyes up, do the work and the message of, of, of our program, not just to athletes. You know, I, I reiterate that often on this, these episodes is our, our, the nonprofit that is called especially for athletes. It's not just for athletes and these messages and the message really of our motto of living with eyes up and doing the work is not by no means just an athletic motto. That is a life motto that would serve everybody well to how do we better live with our eyes up and do the work. We say especially athletes because we think they have a unique opportunity because of the sport like, but in this case, eyes up do the work is exactly that comment. I see the reality. My eyes are up. I'm aware, right? I understand the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm just not okay with conceding that, that it's got to be that way forever. So therefore, what am I going to do? You have to do something, right? You have to do the work. You got to do something to make the circumstances better because the alternative is to sit on our hands and hope that somebody else makes our circumstances better. And that's a losing, failing game plan. And that's what too many of us do is that somebody else will make it better, whether that's the government or whether that's the school system or whether that's whomever, rather than saying, no, for heck with that, I'm in charge of me and I've got to make my life better. And, and to her point, until we accept the reality of what we've been dealt and then say, okay, now what do I got to do to make this better? And then be willing to get in the weeds and get our hands dirty and get after it nothing will change. And so I, I love that, man. I'm I'm with you. I think that is a powerful, powerful statement and something that we would all be wise to think about in our own lives and make corrections if necessary. I agree, man. I love that. I, (laughs) that was written, you know, Andy Andrews is the, the writer of that book, the traveler's gift. It, it made me think too, as you were talking, Dustin, that one of the things that we spend too much time doing is we recognize our current circumstance, but then we look back, you know, and we think of all the mistakes that we made that landed us in that circumstance. And of course, there's some value to to identifying mistakes so that we don't make the same ones moving forward. But sometimes we just get wallowed. What if I wouldn't have? What if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? And that could keep us there in that um in that present, you know, in the reality of our situation, it could get us stuck there if we spend all of our time looking back. And what I heard in your comment was, it's way more valuable to look forward. And one of the things that we've taught all, that we've taught a lot is that one of the most damning words in our society, meaning that it holds you up and it it keeps you from progressing like a river, you know, like a dam does to a river, one of the most damning words is tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow I'll do this. Tomorrow I'll do that. Well, I, you know, so many it's times. Someday. Someday, someday yeah. Like someday, yeah. That, that someday is that day we wrote in our first and second book, I think. But someday is that day where our dreams and aspirations go to die. Like that's where it dies on that yes, imaginary the, day. Imaginary eighth day of the week. It yeah. exist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, some might be sitting here today going, okay, yeah, my present circumstances um, 
I get the reality of my situation. It kind of sucks right now. That's fine. There's something beautiful about recognizing that. Like, yeah, I am not where I want to be. But instead of spending all of your time looking back and saying, here's why I'm here and just telling everyone all the excuses and all the things other people did or all the things you did to land you where you are. And instead of looking forward to that imaginary someday, that imaginary eighth day of the week, what can you do today? What's that first step that will help you not to accept your reality and that you can deny the finality of your situation and you're going to take some steps. And today is as bad as it's ever going to get because you're going to take some steps forward today and tomorrow a few more. And we can, recognizing our current, the reality of our current situation and denying the finality of it, is just a beautiful concept to me. All right, I am where I am. Who cares what got me here? I know where I want to get, and I'm starting now to get there. And I just love that that comment. And where I want to get, whatever that someday is, how do I make that? You know, we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we have this someday, this this fake day. Mm-hmm. Unless we make someday a real day, and the only way to make that a real day is to your point is that we've got to do that's necessary today. And, and that's, and that's little things. It's, it's embracing the boredom of consistency. It's, it's tracking our day. It's winning the hour. It's all these things that we try to talk about and, and, and it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's small incremental steps towards that, knowing that sometimes we may take three steps backwards. And those three steps backwards may be for, you know, several weeks or months or years in order to take seven steps forward in, you know, in, in, two years or three years from now, because we had to learn things. We had to go through, a, you know, some failures in order to be stronger and, and, and wiser the next time. And that's getting our kids to understand that, you know, is the key. And to, to try, you've heard us share, I think, you know, we, we used to share it a lot in our, in our presentations. You've, you've heard me talk about it a lot. Shad. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time by Leo Buscelli, but he says, to try it all is to risk failure. So in other words, to try it all, we're risking that it's not going to work, right? Every day we, we turn the car on, we're trying to get somewhere, but there's a risk that we might not, right? But right. everything that we try at, there comes at the risk of failure. He says, to try it all is to risk failure, but risk we must. For the greatest failure in life is the man who risks nothing. For the man who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing. He simply cannot live, learn, and love. Until we're willing to risk heartache by loving somebody, we'll never love somebody. It might not work. You know, that person we love may not love us back. Until we're willing to to risk the pain of getting in shape, we're probably not going to get in shape. You know, it's and, until we're willing to risk failure or risk not being able to get get the summit, we'll never know how high we can get. I know that's cliche, and and but do we sit down with our kids and say, okay? What's the real purpose of you trying out for the band? Are you trying out for the football team? Are you trying to be this position and whatever it is you're trying to do? Because in my eyes, it's not that you are all state or all American or get a scholarship. If that happens, that would be awesome. However, here's what I want to see. I want to see you learn how to step out of your comfort zone, do hard things. I want to see you represent yourself with class when you win and with more class when you lose. I want to see you 
do it the right way. You represent your family, you represent your school, you represent your community. You go out there and, and, and fail, but fail trying because to risk it all is to fail. And that's where the lessons are, the growth is. And if our kids understand that that's why we're proud of them, not the wins, not the awards. We're proud of them risking failure and that they know that you, they are going to fail. It's part of the process. You, as soon as you sign up to try to be successful, you are also signing up for multiple failures, more failures along the way than you're going to have successes. But the goal is that at the end, you'll look back, right? Whether we reach the ultimate goal or not, to your point about the, uh, the other doors that open, maybe in the process of trying to get to the peak of one mountain, a door opens up that we, and we take a different path that leads us to a totally different mountain, but it was a better mountain for us, right? That yeah. the, the goal changes, the dream changes. We did a pod, you did a podcast several months ago where you talked about sometimes the dream needs to change, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. A different door opens, something happens. You failed enough at something that you realize, man, I really don't know that this is, this isn't going to work. I don't love this as much, but holy smokes, I've learned a lot about x y and z in this process i'm going to take that and go do this now this looks intriguing that's okay dreams change goals and aspirations change in life that's okay you know but it, it's the, the key is to get up and to keep going forward to not live in the rearview mirror looking backwards all the time but and, and that's why yeah man I, I think that that book and the way that you explained it i i'd encourage everybody to go follow the the tiktok page and, and the and the uh, instagram and twitter but the way you explained it on that uh, on that post you did was terrific, man. Well, hey, thanks. And thanks for your insight. It is an incredible book. I mean, I, I couldn't put it down. It was a great Thanksgiving read. And so, so thank you, Dustin. Appreciate your thoughts so much. And thanks to everyone for joining us. Please share this podcast with others who you think would be interested. And like Dustin said, you can find Especially for Athletes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on TikTok and and we try to get our message out in every way that we can because we feel like it's one that will it's helped us and will help others so thank you so much keep your eyes up do the work this has been the Sportlight podcast from especially for athletes sponsored by coca-cola you can learn more about especially for athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org you can also learn more about the book the Sportlight by shad martin and dustin smith at especiallyforalfies.org slash book.